Um, Leo DiCaprio caused a production hassle. Of course, it was inadvertently, um, but nonetheless, it happened. Uh, Roger Mitch. Michelle. Roger Michelle wanted to shoot Anna's big film premiere in London's Lee. Is it Lee Suster? Leaster? Okay. Anna's big film premiere in London's in London's Leicester Square, but they were denied access to do so. In the month prior, Leo had had a film Leo had had a film premiere. Do you want to redo that one? Why? <laughs> Just cuz it's going to be an editing nightmare. Oh. So, Leono Are you sure? Leo Leonard. Wow. <laughs> Give me some wine. Welcome to the Rom-Com Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And like you, I love re-watching movies over and over again. And if you are here, you probably love romantic comedies. That's amazing news. We do as well. So this is a show where we re-watch rom-coms, break them down a bit for you, maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide, does it still hold up? Today we have the classic... Notting Hill! Directed by Roger Michelle. It's released in 1999. This was nominated for um, the Golden Globe for Best Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. Julia Roberts and Hugh Grant also received nominations, and it received two BAFTA nominations. Wow. Big deal of a movie. And if you've watched it recently, you know it's amazing. So this is the story of William Thacker, played by Hugh Grant. He owns an independent uh, travel book store in Notting Hill, which I gather is like a borough of London. Julia Roberts is playing a character named Anna Scott. She is a massive, mega, superstar actress. Very similar to the world she likely lived in, like the actual Julia Roberts when this movie was shot, kind of like a larger-than-life celebrity. Anna Scott walks into William's bookstore. They have a funny little meet-cute. She purchases a book from him. Whatever. Moments later, he's out getting an OJ and runs in to Anna. Literally, he spills OJ all over her and all over himself. And from there, they go back to his apartment, get, you know, cleaned up. But but love kind of blossoms from that moment between this tiny bookstore owner in London and Hollywood superstar Anna Scott. A very ordinary boy bumps into a girl and takes her home. The bathroom's on the top floor. It happens all the time. But she is no ordinary girl. She is Anna Scott, the most famous film star in the world. And that spurs the story along. What are your thoughts on this one? This movie is so sweet and classic in all the ways that make it a great rom-com. This was my first time seeing it. Mine too! which Which is crazy. I... Now that I've watched it, I'm like, oh, my God, I should have watched this years ago. (laughs) Um, But this movie is so sweet, especially when, you know, she says the epic line, I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love her. Melts my heart. Uh, You really feel everything happening in this movie, the heartache, the love, the emotions. They're really there. When you're looking at rom-coms as of late, it doesn't even come close to the work of art that this movie really is. 100%. It's it's as close to perfect as you're going to get. Yeah. I think we can agree that um, there was great chemistry between Hugh Grant and Julia Roberts. They were the perfect and most wonderfully matched pair to do this movie. I completely agree. Like, I I think we need, and you said, like, you know, romantic comedies that we make now aren't quite like this. But, like, we need more rom-coms that bring two megastars together. Like, the chemistry in this movie and the not even likability, like, the lovability of these two actors 
and these two characters, like, I could feel myself grinning like an idiot every time Julia Roberts and Hugh Grant were on screen together. They're, they're just so great, and this story could have been about anything, but I couldn't help myself. Every interaction just gave me such warm fuzzies. You know, let, let's do more movies like this. I, I agree. It's... um the oldie goldies of rom-coms that are just fabulous. But I wonder if it's because, um, you know, bigger stars don't want to do rom-coms because I f they might not feel that they'll get as far in their career if they do a rom-com versus an action or a drama or, you know, they want to be nominated for those awards. Yeah, and, and you're right. There was recently a story about Matthew McConaughey, how after he did all these romantic comedies, he thought he was pigeonholed and he thought that Hollywood said, oh, like, he, he can do this one thing, and that's the only thing he can do well. So he he made it a choice of not doing them anymore, and he said that there was a really lucrative offer for a movie that came out. I can't remember what we thought it was. There there was something big that I, I guess he was offered the role for, and he said, no, thank you. Yeah, and then he went and did the indie film Mud. But, well, he did, he did a few <laughs> interesting films, but then all of a sudden people said, wow, Matthew McConaughey can yeah. actually act. He's got some, yeah, range. So, so I think you're right. I think there was like a stigma for a little while, like, oh, Robert Pattinson's just the, the vampire guy who stares at stuff. He's like, no, he's, he's actually a pretty good actor. You can let him act and stuff. Yeah, and, and I think you're right. You hit the nail on the head when you said, like, they get pigeonholed um, into certain roles, which is unfortunate because I and I think you're right, right? Julia Roberts did rom-coms for a while before she started to break into Aaron Brockovich or more dramatic roles. Actually, that's a good question. How much of this movie was a reflection of Julia Roberts' place in society at this time? Because it was released in 1999. And I think after Pretty Woman came out, Julia Roberts did reach this this special kind of celebrity that we only see occur every few years. You know, I'm picturing like like the Taylor Swifts or like the Leonardo DiCaprios. Yeah, well, I wouldn't even say Emma Stone. Like Leo DiCaprio after Titanic. Oh, this yes. guy is just on a whole other level. Uh, like recently, I think Billie Eilish kind of like got si simmered to that. Like you can't go anywhere where somebody doesn't know who you are. What you'll put Billie Eilish up there, but you won't put Emma Stone. No, hey, Come I on. love Emma Stone. I know, and that's why I was like, wait a second, you'll put Taylor Swift and Billie Eilish up there, who are and musicians. Leo DiCaprio. Yeah, I think it's different. Like, I think musicians are different. They're okay, diff different classifications. Different classifications. Sure. Yeah, like an Emma Stone or an Anne Hathaway. I, th they're, they're, they're really like a younger good. classic. Yeah, th they are a younger classic. I don't know if they got to the level that Julia Roberts was after. Well, I don't think anyone can Pretty compare woman. to Julia Roberts. So what I'm saying is, time-wise, is this movie... What, was Julia Roberts even acting? Or were they just like, tell us about your life? And we'll, <laughs> we'll write a movie where you fall in love with a bookstore owner. Well, she was the only one that they had in mind for this role. Oh, really? They had no one else in mind. It was Julia or Bust. They actually wanted somebody not famous or like unknown to play the role that Hugh Grant played. Um, but then they auditioned, I think, eight people in one day, and they just weren't finding any spark in it like, that they liked. And so they were like, oh, screw it. Let's go with Hugh Grant. <laughs> you want a spark, I guess, just bring Hugh Grant in here. Exactly. But I mean, but in, in my it's undeniable, the spark. It is. And in my opinion, this movie was not only great because of Julia Roberts and Hugh Grant, but because of the amazing supporting actors and actresses. Oh, so really? I that that's what I think. I think like the entire movie was just so well written, well done. I, I would disagree a little bit in that like the core of this movie for me is the Hugh Grant, Julia Roberts. Like it, well, nothing yes. can compare to them. But 
the cherry on top. I will agree, like, the, the fact that there's nothing wrong with this movie, I think, speaks to the fact that everybody on the side, you know, those exterior characters, they all also did a great job. Yes. Can I say, though, William, yeah. Hugh Grant, mm-hmm. his cute comment ratio little too high it's a little bit out of whack like literally every fourth <laughs> line he says i would <laughs> i would catch myself inaudibly saying under my breath like oh <laughs> oh my god you're so adorable cute. you're so funny oh oh it should be on the real um but their love story um in this movie feels like something that would actually happen or could happen in real life like the elements of it you know like how real it is to spill something on someone i find british british films do have have a special knack at making things very grounded the whole family dinner interaction and all those scenes felt very like oh wow this is like this is very real and I can appreciate that, even though the story is a little bit larger than life. We're like this Hollywood celebrity well, meets yeah, this bookstore part. owner. But you're right. That <laughs> there is an element to it that it's like, this is believable. Sure. Well, some some famous people marry normals. Isn't that what they call them? That That is what they call yeah. them. Normals, normies. <laughs> <'Cause>, um, <laughs> who did Jason Bourne? Um, uh, Matt Damon? Yeah, Matt Damon. He's married to a normal. He's married to a normal. <laughs> I think Pierce Brosnan is also married to a normal. Isn't Matthew McConaughey as well? No. I oh, yes, yes, yeah, yes. He yeah, is. Yeah, okay. he is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a few out there. It could <laughs> happen. You know what? It probably happens more often than not, but we only the only <laughs> memorable ones are the Angelina Jolies and the Brad Pitts, you know? Those are the ones we pay attention to. Um, let's talk about Will's roommate Spike. Oh, I actually hate Spike. What? Okay, what an interesting character. And I think it goes to great writing to have a side character like Spike. It subtly added a lot to the movie without having to do much, you know? I love how I disagreed with you and immediately you went into, here are my points for why Spike Absolutely. is great. They got a big rom-com uh, trope out of the way in the very few first few moments where we had the male outfit montage. Oh my God, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I liked that, you know, they switched it up. A little male montage dress-up scene. Yeah, we got the cliche out of the way. So, William's roommate, Spike, I don't know if you're going to jump into this. He's going out on a date, mm-hmm. trying to pick the correct shirt. Yes. This scene made me howl, because he starts off with a, sh- a t-shirt. <laughs> it's something about blood. I love blood. Oh, it just says, I love blood. I love blood. And I think it was like a... um like an interactive t-shirt where I think there was like a nose you could honk on it. Uh, like it was... uh, uh, yeah, or something like that, yeah. So William says, you know what, I don't think that works for a first date. And then Spike says, oh, don't, Pfft. got it, man. I got exactly what you mean. He pulls out a... Um, Get it here. Yeah, a, a t-shirt implying a blowjob. Yes, because with, it, with an arrow pointing down. Pointing towards mm-hmm. his pacage. South, yep. And then William says something <laughs> like, I think we want to add more, more, like, hey, maybe love is about to happen here. And Spike says, you know what? I got just the shirt. <laughs> more and, connection, you and know? And the next shirt reads, you're the most beautiful girl in the world. Nailed it. On the back, it says, fancy a fuck. <laughs> I know. Okay. Oh, my God. It did say that. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I actually forgot about that because I was like, oh, that's so cute. And then I was like, oh, no, 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 no. He shouldn't wear that. I'll be honest with you. Like, I go through a love-hate relationship. I think most people who watch this movie, you probably have a love-hate relationship with Spike because there are moments where you say, wow, this guy's hilarious. And then there are times where I want to punch him in his stupid face. Because he ruins the relationship at one point. Also, 
We need to dive into the scuba di- scuba gear thing. Get it? Dive into the scuba gear thing. <laughs> we'll, we'll chat about that in a little bit because that really rubbed me the wrong way. Well, yeah. So, like, I wanted to touch on a few other things that I liked about Spike. Talk about uh, it. One of which is the underwater gear with the prescription goggles. <laughs> um, I loved how they tied, though, this in later on in the movie when Hugh Grant can't find his glasses. Of course, Spike is sitting on them. Um, but he goes to the movies with Anna Scott and he has to wear those prescription goggles to the <laughs> so film funny. because those are the only other glasses he has him eating the mayonnaise thinking that it was yogurt and even after william says like oh that's mayonnaise he <laughs> says oh interesting and, then he and continues and he goes, to eat it oh yeah this does taste like mayonnaise it's like yeah why did you have to eat it to try it like anyway <laughs> um him going outside and, and posing in his underwear to all of the paparazzi thinking he was looking very sexy friggin oh my god spike. i like i was like oh you have a wedgie like Dude, oh yeah, none of that looked attractive. And then he comes in and he looks at himself in the mirror, and I'm just like, no, no, you still got the wedgie, man. I'll you be honest, in it. the in the mirror situation, maybe you don't want to look out for this, but I'm gonna say it. You can definitely see like a a, a visible tip. Oh my in, god! When, when he's <laughs> checking you himself, that in the, well, because I was like, oh, like I wonder. You know what? Let's call a spade a spade. I noticed that it wasn't all that impressive so i'm like oh wow i feel like if i did that scene and i looked like him i might want to i might want to pack something in there or whatever but yeah no i was like oh that that's all him he is a very confident man with how he looks clearly because he thought he looked very sexy evidently yeah um his the traffic stopping when he stopped the traffic when they were trying to get to the um the conference at the hotel i mean can we talk about the scuba gear though because i think that goes into the all-time Things that I don't want given back to me if you wear them. <laughs> I didn't even think about I that. I can only assume he's <laughs> naked under there. 100%. So, like, you're wearing my scuba gear? <laughs> uh, don't, like, you know, you're, you're kind of like a slimy looking guy to begin with. That might have to be burned after, you know? Yes, yeah, yeah. I can only assume your hygiene isn't great. Yeah. I don't want that Scooby gear ever again. No, his hygiene also wasn't great during filming, <laughs> no. so I'll get into that Wait, during fi- Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Hitting the nail so, on the head, it sounds. Yeah, that Scooby gear probably was burned in real life. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, the bookstore. Could they modernize the bookstore? Like, I mean, clearly it's not doing well. They could sell trips as well. But would that make them a travel agency? That would 100% make <laughs> Oh. That is the definition of a travel agency. Well, maybe every time somebody bought a trip, they would get a complimentary book to where they're going. I think Will probably just needs a, ch- a change of career. <laughs> I'll be honest. So. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was going to say there is the internet now. now uh, yeah, like a travel bookstore, I'm assuming is pretty obsolete. That's, no no offense, a very William. Good point. It's a very I love good books, point. but yeah, I wonder what he's doing now. No, you know what? He married Anna Scott. He doesn't need the bookstore anymore. He's got money. Okay, so can we talk about the guy, though, that does try to steal a book in the bookstore? Yeah, it's a great scene. There's a guy in the bookstore, and um, Will is trying to help Anna Scott, and then he sees on his monitor the camera that's in the back. There's this guy that puts a book down his pants. Down his trousers, Sorry, I think down is his how trousers. he and so, of course, Will goes, like, I think, you're, I think you have a book down your trousers. And he goes, no. He goes, yeah, I'm going to leave and you're going to put it back. I don't have a book down my trousers. Right. I tell you what, um, I'll call the police and um, what can I say if I'm wrong about the whole 
book down the trousers scenario, I, I really apologize. I felt like that scene really set the vibe <laughs> for the movie in yeah. terms of the the quick wit. Totally. Where he's like, you know, maybe maybe I'm wrong and maybe you don't have a book in your trousers, but how about I call the police <laughs> and then in the event that you don't have a book in your trousers, then, you know, no harm, no foul kind of thing. And you could see the wheels turning in the guy's head. He's like, okay, what if I did have a book down my trousers? Well, uh, ideally, when I went back to the desk, you'd remove the Cadogan Guide to Bali from your trousers and uh, either wipe it and put it back or, or buy it. I'll see you in a sec. <laughs> it was really, it was a funny scene to set up the rest of the movie and how the comedy would work out. He then goes to the front and asks Anna Scott if he wants his number. Well, first he asks for an autograph and then he says, do you want my phone number? And she goes, tempting. But no. <laughs> and the and that, autograph was hilarious, too, because he's like, what does it say? And she's like, what does it say? That's my signature. And above it, it says, dear Rufus, you belong in jail. Good one. Yes. <laughs> I know. And like, I think you're right. That scene did put into effect like all of the quick wit that was to come in the movie. It was a great scene to set the stage for the rest of the movie. Like Hugh Grant's comic delivery is really, really strong in this movie. And that that scene really gave us a, here's what it's going to be like. It's going to be funny the whole way. And I actually really appreciate this. I always thought this was more romance than mm, rom-com. Same. I found there were certain moments, and we'll get into them later, that were really tense but they had like a little quip in there somewhere that gave it a little little bit of levity. It almost gives the scene a moment to breathe. Mm -hmm. Where you're like, wow, this is really tense, but like, ha, what what a funny laugh. And now we're back into, okay, I'm just a girl standing in the front of a boy <laughs> asking him to love her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, they're meat cute though. Can we go back to their meat cute? So was it in the bookstore or was it the orange juice crash? Oh, it was it was in the bookstore for sure. Yeah, the, the meat cute's in the bookstore. No, because she walked in there to get to buy a book and she walked out and left. Like they never would have seen each other if he hadn't gone to get the OJ and then come back and crashed into her. Yeah, but he laid the groundwork of the meat cute in the bookstore, which is where the actual meat cute happened. And then there was the second meat cute. It's like a point five to the meat cute. I don't think so. Because then he goes back and then they kiss. They kiss after she changes and she's about to leave. Right. Okay. Okay. I, I see your point. Wow. Can I talk about the kiss though in the apartment? Sure. So one thing I she really. She put out. What's that? She put out. She she put out? She kissed him. Oh, normally when you say put out, it means sex, right? Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> take that out then. I actually thought there was a scene I missed. I'm like, whoa, they had no, sex. No, no, no. Why did I miss that? I no, mean, they, they do eventually. Sex, but, well, yeah, they don't have yeah. sex. So I, I find often in movies, like especially romantic comedies, they, they feel the need to over-explain what's happening like i think about the kissing booth which i actually I, I didn't mind the kissing booth hearing the main character's interior thoughts it kind of lays out you know this is how everybody's feeling and she likes him because of these reasons and he likes her because of all these reasons i realize i, I don't necessarily love that all the time because in this movie that would have been totally unnecessary because julia roberts and hugh grant are so good that you can just feel what's happening and they don't need to say it or explain it. And in fact, like that kiss is kind of inexplicable. Like she just she just kissed him. But you can see it and you can feel it right before the kiss happens. Like I could feel myself leaning in being oh. like, they're not going to kiss. Oh, my God. Like the tension is palpable when they were staring at each other. You could see it on their faces and it was believable 
in the performance. And I really appreciated that about this movie that it's like, it didn't feel the need to lay out how everybody's feeling. The performances were good enough that you could just see it and it's understandable. Yeah, it didn't need the explanation behind it. With that said, I still don't get why she kissed him. But I believed it. I'm like, yeah, you kissed him. Of course. He's Hugh Grant. Well, and you know what? It's probably because she thought that he'd ne- she'd never see him again. A hundred percent. Yeah. So whenever Anna Scott stays in a hotel, she uses a fake name. Uh, she uses uh, usually fictional cartoon characters, which I think was pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you were someone famous and used a fake name to stay incognito, what would your name be? What would you use for your name? I have no idea. Do you have something for this? I'd probably use like a first name, just like random, like Susan. And then I'd probably use a fruit for the last name, like Susan Cantaloupe. That's absurd. <laughs> what? Well, is My it- name is Jessica Banana. <laughs> like what? <laughs> Uh, it would be Jessica Starfruit. Yeah, star- <laughs> <laughs> Jessica's obviously a starfruit. Come on. <laughs> Bianca's a dragon fruit. Jessica's a starfruit. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> then again, you know what? I'm making fun of you, but yeah, again, Anna say, Scott what? is walking in here as Flintstone. Exactly. Like, that's a little obvious. And I believe her second one was Pocahontas. I'm thinking right now off the top of my head. You know what? I'd probably... <laughs> I'd have to go with things I know well, right? So I'd have to go with... Um, I feel like you'd pick Star Wars characters. No, well, I'd probably go with romantic comedy characters. Oh. Like, off the top of my head, most attractive guy I can think of is David Lindhagen, a.k.a. Oh, Kevin Bacon from God. Crazy Stupid Love. Uh, I'd probably just go with him every time. You're ridiculous. <laughs> oh, my God. He's good looking, okay? <laughs> he is not good, look- <laughs> good looking at all. He is not good looking at all. I'll agree to disagree. You're ridiculous. So after the uh, the like media day magazine presser, which mm-hmm. Sarah's going to get to in her best scenes, I'm assuming. Yes. Man, I've got so much to say about that oh, one. I'm excited. I actually had to pause it during that because it was so cringy and uncomfortable. Oh, you did. And I, yes, I remember Like in that. a really comical way. Like I love the comedy, <laughs> but I just, there's something, my, my body like rejects it because it's so uncomfortable. I'm like, ah, I can't watch this. Secondhand embarrassment. But so after that, there's a, a dinner party moment, which is such pure comedy that I am going to get to in my best scene. But it really sets up the stage that, you know, not only is Anna Scott pretty close to being perfect, Mm -hmm. I think what she yearns for and what we learn in that dinner party moment is that she probably just wants more of these little quiet, intimate moments. Normal moments. Yeah, normal moments. And, like, William gets to have these times with his family and friends and she she probably hasn't had these moments in a really long time but after that calamity strikes ah. anna scott already had a boyfriend which it's funny because he goes and talks to his friends after and was like oh my god like she has a boyfriend and they all kind of looked at him and were like you didn't know <laughs> of course she had a boyfriend yeah i i did not see the boyfriend coming like Me we neither. talked about it. sarah and i this is our first time watching this yeah i had no idea i was like what? Alec Baldwin. <laughs> and like, what? That was, it, it was a lot of recognition. It was like, whoa, she's got a boyfriend. Whoa, it's Alec Baldwin. Yeah. A really young Alec Baldwin. Yes. One thing I will say, though, he oozes masculinity he does. in a really strange way <laughs> yes. that makes you inexplicably kind of hate him. 
in this scene anyway. Like, he's, like he doesn't he, do anything wrong. In fact, he's actually really nice. Yeah, he's very William. pompous, but well, he's very pompous, but he, he is doesn't kind. care about him. He, yes, he's not a complete asshole. Right, he was kind. Mm-hmm. He was douchey, but he wasn't like it was a mix of both. Yeah, know? right. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't really understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Only he could do it really. Like I'm trying to think of like the actors that I know that could could really deliver that like that, and it's really Alec Baldwin. That that's what I was getting at. Like there, there's <laughs> nothing strictly bad about him. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing is that he is the one being cheated on. So so yes. William has been wronged because she lied to him. And his name's actually Jeff King, a.k.a. Alec Baldwin. He's getting cheated on. Like, if anybody is getting the worst run of this, it's him. But for whatever reason, like, it doesn't really make sense. I just don't really like him. And he didn't do anything wrong. In fact, he was really nice. But I'm like, I think you're the only actor who can do it in such yeah. a perfect way. Yeah. We're like, I just, I kind of despise you a little bit. Perfect even though delivery. you're the most wronged person here. Yeah, definitely. So then, you know, Anna and Will, they split for a little while. She randomly shows up at his door after some... some months. A yeah, months. after months, after some nude photos show up. And they have a, uh, like, a really nice reconnection moment. I think she she at least sleeps the one night. At his place. Then the paparazzi show up at his door. Because of your favorite character, Spike. Spike! Which which he didn't do it intentionally, which is the funniest part of it, right? Like, usually people would do it like, yeah, like I told, I I called the paparazzi, but he just told some randoms at the pub that Anna Scott was staying at his house and they were the ones that called the paparazzi, not actually Spike. Like, he did it as like an innocent side character like it was just so bizarre it wasn't actually his fault but it was completely his fault anyway we never get to see that like what happens after they're all photographed together like it looked as if they all slept together all in their pajamas (laughs) and here's here's one thing that bothered me about that scene so william opens up the door all the paparazzi are there he's like oh my god yeah he shuts it and then anna scott can see that he's like shell-shocked why doesn't he tell her not to go outside? I know. I was like, uh, like, like, it's just stop her, stop words. her, stop it's her, stop her. Words. Yes. No, 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 no. Just say no, no, no. That's all you had to do. So then she goes outside. She gets photographed. Yeah. And then he does the worst thing, which is that he tells Spike not to go out. <laughs> I know. I know. And of course, Spike is going to do the opposite yeah, thing. Yeah. Like you're, you're just basically egging him on. How did you tell him not to go out, but you didn't tell Anna Scott not to go out? It's like telling somebody don't press the red button. Of course, they're going to turn around and press the red button. Spike will hit that red button. Yes. Yeah, and then he goes on a a slew of dates, one of which is my what should have been. Oh. One of those dates, yeah. Okay. Did you recognize the person in one of those dates? I guess not. You're racking your brain. You didn't. Woo! I am excited. So after what we can assume is many months, we actually see the changing of seasons, Mm -hmm. which I actually think makes it a lot more believable because... You know, I think about Runaway Bride, like they fell in love over two weeks. And while it was yeah. believable, I was still like, well, they tried yeah, to get married. Fast. They tried to get married in 36 hours. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Everything was on fast forward in that movie. Yeah. But then eventually Anna Scott returns to London. Hugh Grant shows up at the set of one of her movies, whatever. They have a quick chat and she goes back to his bookstore to meet him, to deliver him a gift. Right. And to also deliver the line. The fame thing isn't really real, you know. And don't forget, I'm also just a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love her. Man, is that like a top 10 
no, not even top 10, like a top three greatest lines in a romantic comedy. I, I started crying in that scene. Really? Oh, yes, I a did. A tearjerker. I, I teared up a little bit when Hugh Grant can hear her chatting with her co-star. Oh. And she's saying like, oh, he's just some guy. I don't even know don't why even he's know here. I don't even know why he's here. That oh, broke my heart. But you know God. what? I As I was watching that, I was like, you know what? If they don't work out, this is what makes him move on. Yeah, right. That right there. And then and then we have the scene at the bookstore, which which once again, we chatted about this before. But like how British romantic comedies can really successfully take heavy scenes and mm-hmm. give them a tiny bit of levity without taking away from the tension of what's happening. Because you remember when they're chatting and she's explaining like, yeah, I got you this this picture. Don't open it now, though. I'll, I'll be so embarrassed. Do you remember what happens? No, what? That fiction book guy yes, walks. Oh my god! Yes, yes, he does, and he goes, "No, get, get out, yeah. out, get out!" And that was so funny oh, was, when William's just funny. like, "No, not you, get out of here, go, yeah, go." Yeah, not today. And it was really like, like I had a good chuckle, and then it was immediately back into the okay, and now okay, what's she gonna say? And then she delivers the line. And I cried a little bit again, I'll be honest. I cried <laughs> twice in this movie. Wow. I was actually Ooh. just so excited that the line was being said. I was like, oh my God, this is the line. This, this is, is the line. The way she says it, my heart was breaking for both of them. I know. I, I think you can be see both sides, right? Like, she's hurt him. Genuinely, she hurt him. Yeah. And his heart can't take another heartbreak? My relatively inexperienced heart would, I fear, not recover uh, if I was once again cast aside as i would absolutely expect to be uh there are just too many pictures of you too many films you know you'd go and i'd be uh well buggered <laughs> totally fair mm-hmm. absolutely she, she lives in this crazy world and that's extremely hard to navigate when it comes to love that's also fair so like i i agree with both of them and then of course we have we have the press conference at the end of the movie, which... I was just wondering if uh, it turned out that this person... Uh, Thacker. His name was Thacker. Thanks, thanks. <laughs> just wondered whether if Mr. Thacker realized he'd been uh, a daft prick <laughs> and got down on his knees and begged you to reconsider whether you would, in fact, then re consider yes i believe i would that's very good news um the readers of horse and hound will be absolutely delighted <laughs> oh loved it oh god i couldn't i couldn't I know, not it, smile it wrapped it up with a really nice bow oh god it was so good right uh dominic if you'd like to ask your question again yeah anna how long are you intending to stay here in britain Indefinitely. I wanted to touch on the little parts in this movie that's, that make it great. Yeah. Um, so I'll just go through a few of them that I just loved. It was just, it added so much to the movie. Um, so the traffic stopping by Spike when they're trying to race to the hotel. Again, I know I've mentioned it, but it was just so good. No, no. Spike redeemed himself a little bit there. Um, everyone kissing the man behind the hotel desk. Oh, that was funny, yeah. I liked that. Uh, the dates that Will goes on uh, to try to get over Anna. And I know you said you're going to touch on them. Oh, I can't believe you didn't notice this person. Yes. Yes, I will touch on them. Okay. The confessions at the table over the brownie uh, for dessert. Those are deep conversations. 
those are deep conversations. They're very real conversations. They are. And they also set the stage, though, that like Anna Scott, although she's this big, massive celebrity, she can fit in with these people. Yeah, and exactly. it's almost very comfortable for her to fit in with these people. Yeah, it was it was normal. It yeah. was it, yeah. Bernie not knowing who she was and having a full blown conversation about her, asking her about like, oh, like what kind of what kind of acting do you do? Oh, how much did you make on your last movie? And then realizing it after that it was Anna Scott and just his realization and being like, oh, shit, was amazing. How the movie showed that if you're somebody famous, how intrusive the media and public can really be, especially nowadays. In the movie, she says newspapers last forever. However, <laughs> I'm pretty sure newspapers are the least of their worries now. Yeah. Instagram, Twitter. Instagram, yeah. Twitter. Anything. Anything social media. It actually does live on forever now. Yes, it does. More than newspapers. Quick facts. Oh, we're into quick facts. Let's do it. So Richard Curtis, who wrote uh, the, the film, got the idea for the movie while lying in bed one night. It started with him thinking about that what if he went to his friend's place for dinner and showed up with somebody famous like Madonna? And it took off from there. Anna Scott was not based on Julia Roberts. Oh, so I was wrong. So the character was based on a hybrid of Audrey Hepburn and Grace Kelly. And okay. so they've said that the movie, and, and Richard Curtis hadn't actually seen this movie, but uh, many people believe that it's an ode to the Roman holiday with Audrey Hepburn in it. Oh, cool. Uh, it's very similar, like the, the storylines, but it's actually not because he hadn't seen it. Julia Roberts wasn't initially sold from just reading the synopsis of the film. She said it seemed uninteresting. She went on to say... I had been given a brief synopsis and it sounded unappealing. But when I read it from the very start with her going into the bookshop and she seems very mysterious and there's a guy having all these troubles and they leave and collide and she's at his house and she kisses him. I thought, Jesus Christ, this is great. And I was oh. completely sucked in. Oh, awesome. OK. Many of the shots of Julia Roberts on the opening credits came from the show Entertainment Tonight. So the bookshop uh, was actually an antique shop in real life next to a book next to a butcher shop. Oh, Adele, uh, once becoming famous, bought the flat above the bookshop, but only lived there a short while before moving back home with her mom. What? Yeah. Adele had the flat above that bookstore? Yes. Whoa. Well, the antique shop, but yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Hugh Grant complained on set about how he thought Julia Roberts' voice was too low and that at first his voice was higher because he was so nervous. Oh, <laughs> <Aww>, Hugh. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio caused a production hassle. Of course, it was inadvertently, but still, nonetheless, it happened. Roger Michelle wanted to shoot Anna's big film premiere in London's Leicester Square, but they were denied access to do so. In the month prior, Leo had had a movie premiere where thousands of fans had caused tons of problems for police, so they weren't willing to risk having to take responsibility for them staging a fake movie premiere. Eventually... They made it happen. They had 24 hours to do so, and it turned out pretty well. God, Leo, come on, man. I know. Well, I mean, he had no idea. But it was funny that he was also mentioned in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, he was mentioned in the movie? He was mentioned in the movie by Misha Barton. <gasps> That's right. Yeah. Misha Barton played the precocious 12-year-old actress in the hilarious press day scene, so you have to keep an eye out for her. Richard Curtis was made to feel silly or ashamed when they were casting for Julia Roberts' husband, which I guess ended up turning into her boyfriend. He said, I remember feeling ashamed when we were trying to cast for Julia Roberts' husband in Notting Hill, and she pointed out that everyone on our list was at least 20 years older than her. The reverse would never have happened. That's true. She's not wrong. Exactly. 
Hugh Grant was um, critical of the way Julia Roberts kissed because of her large mouth. He said he said there was a faint echo while kissing her. Um, what? Yeah. She has since forgiven him and said that she's willing to work with him again. Wow. <laughs> and you know what? I, I like I made jokes in another pod that she has like uh, I, I don't want to be mean, but it was like a crocodile mouth because somehow there are like it feels like there are too many teeth. But that's oh not God. a bad thing. It's just her smile is so big and it's infectious. And that's not a bad thing. But clearly Hugh Grant was slightly more critical. I guess so. <laughs> The original cut of the film was three and a half hours long. Wow. And close to 90 minutes were cut. The park bench used in this film now lives in Queen's Garden in East Perth, Western Australia. After filming, the bench was purchased at auction as a romantic gift for a relationship that ended up failing. Afterwards, a local Perth resident anonymously donated the bench to the city of Perth, and now it really does live in a locked garden at night. Aww. Lastly, they had to destroy the painting of La Marie after filming. It was a copy of Marc Chagall's painting, and they had to agree to destroy it once the filming was done to avoid selling a fake. In 1999, the real painting was worth between $500,000 and $1 million. Whoa! Mm-hmm. On set, Julia liked to throw fruit at Hugh Grant, so much so that they became a fruitless environment. Oh my god. Why would she throw fruit at him? This seems like a strange set. <laughs> okay, so the last one is about Spike. So there was a smell issue with one of the actors. What's his name? Reese something? Reese Infans. He's yeah. Welsh. He decided to really take that role, um, take the role to heart by not bathing much during filming um, and much to the chagrin of his co-stars. Of course. He actually stayed. And that scuba suit. Yeah. He got a tent and camped in a campsite nearby. And every morning this big limo would come and pick him up at the campsite. And um, the campsite owner thought that he was an eccentric millionaire. (laughs) Um, Yes. I mean, that might actually be on the nose. An eccentric actor millionaire, I'm assuming. It's true. Yeah, seriously. Best scenes. So we chatted about this moment before the dinner party, but it's not just the dinner party, okay? It's the start of the dinner party. (laughs) William brings Anna Scott to a birthday party for his sister. Right. And... You know, like, like picture how your family would react if you come home for Christmas and you bring Ryan Gosling with you as your date. That's kind of how I feel like people were <laughs> fully in awe, like, what is happening now? But this culminates in uh, William's sister. I think we get the, the vibe that she's like a little bit spacey, maybe. She's kind of quirky. 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 She's quirky. So everyone else is, you know, trying to hold it together and be somewhat... Uh, professional when they meet Anna. Right. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> and realize who she is. Not the sister, though. She comes racing <laughs> through the doorway, and the guy tries to say, like, listen, William brought, and she just bypasses that dude in the doorway, <laughs> rounds a corner, comes face-to-face with the Anna Scott, and she literally blurts out, Look, uh, your brother's brought this girl. Hi, guy. Oh, holy... <laughs> and then my favorite part too is that the moments after that do you remember what she says no what did she say she's almost like internalizing her thoughts she's like this is one of these moments hi oh god this is one of those key moments in life when it's possible you can be really genuinely cool and i i'm going to fail just a hundred percent Oh my god. I rewatched that moment three times. It okay, was I so also good. rewound it and watched it over again. The entire scene of that, like from 
moving through the conversations to the dinner itself, then to the after dessert conversation, and then to just like real life, like Anna Scott was able to just, like you said earlier, fit in perfectly. And it was almost like a very seamless night where she was just another friend who was at the table and she fit in perfectly. Yeah, this movie does a great job of, it's very funny, but it also mixes, you know, Anna Scott's this Hollywood celebrity and then we have these quiet moments with, Mm -hmm. you know, his family. And then, and then a nice stroll through this London neighborhood, and it's very quaint, and it's kind of like you, you get a lot of different worlds in this movie. Yeah, you coming do. Coming together. They capture so much in, you know, in such a short amount of time. Yeah. What's uh, your best scene? Okay, so my best scene is the horse and hound scene, where he goes, <laughs> Hugh Grant goes to what he thinks is just a meeting with... Anna Anna Scott. Scott. Yeah. He shows up and this guy awkwardly like follows him off the elevator, awkwardly follows him all the way down the hallway. Well, because he thinks it's going to be a one on one. I thought it was going to be a one on one. So I'm like, I thought that guy was following him to like to to creep on. Yes, me too. Anna Scott. They open the door and it's like all this buzz of energy. Um, oh, are are you here to talk to Anna Scott? And, and he's like, Yeah, like I am. And then they all go in, and it turns out that it's actually like it's like a it's like a media day presser kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. So like they're they're launching their new movie, and Anna Scott's there to do an interview with all of these different magazines. Yeah. And so the publicist asks each of them, and the guy goes, Oh yeah, I'm from this magazine. And then goes to Hugh Grant, and says, Where are you from? And he goes, Um. Um, and then he looks down and he sees a magazine that says horse and, horse hound. and hound. And so he says, I'm from horse and hound. <laughs> and so, so then he gets brought in, talks to Anna Scott, and they kind of have this awkward conversation trying to like really get into a deep conversation. But then well, this guy her, keeps coming her, in. I think he's her secu- agent or, or security her. security guy. Well, because he was at the press conference. He was kind of steering the press conference at the end, True. right? So he might be her PR person yeah. or her agent is okay. what I'm thinking. Yeah. So he keeps coming in randomly and like saying, okay, you only have one more minute left. And so, yeah. I mean, he's perplexed completely, Hugh Grant. So then he gets up, leaves, and is is like, okay, I'm leaving to go. And then the publicist says, oh, no, no, no. You have like, you have more to do. That moment, I was like, oh, Oh, no. God, this poor guy. And then, I needed to pause it. It was too uncomfortable. Oh, my yeah. God. He proceeded to do what? Like four other interviews. Well, with he had all... the Misha Barton interview. Yeah. Yeah. And then he had two. Yeah. Two more on top of that. The film's great. And um, I just was wondering whether you ever thought of having um, more uh, horses in it. <clears throat> well, we would have liked to, but it was um, difficult, obviously, being Set in space. Space, right, yeah. yeah. Obviously, very difficult. I almost cried out of laughter <laughs> because it was so funny. And it was, like you said, it was so awkward, but yeah. it was a real treasure. That is real life, though, in terms of interviewing an artist because I've, I've gotten the opportunity, obviously, to, to interview a lot of really cool people. But there's always a handler. So they call you. You don't get a call from Ryan Tedder. You get a call from Lisa, and she'll be like, hey, you got 10 minutes with Ryan. I'm going to connect you. Okay, perfect. <laughs> then you get connected and it's like, hey, like every now and then this person will pop on and be like, hey, Devin, you've got three minutes left. So it's like, you know, there's actually somebody listening to this entire conversation. so awkward. Yeah. And if there's any ever anything uncomfortable that they don't want you to talk about, that Lisa person will say it off the bat. Oh, okay. And I think that's why they hover around just to make sure you're on time, but mm-hmm. also to be like, hey, don't. 
don't we told ask you about not, Selena Gomez. Yeah, you know? we told you not to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so that whole like the guy popping in and out, totally realistic. That's very interesting. Hmm, I didn't yeah. know that. Honorable mentions. The friend group. I know I've said this before, like they were phenomenal. Yeah. Um, but why don't movies do great friend groups like this anymore? They were amazing, authentic, full of life, quirky, really, they really rounded out the film. And I think having Hugh Grant and Julia Roberts as like the leads, it was fantastic. But I think the friend group really grounded them mm. and um, kind of made the story real. Yeah. And I think uh, Hugh Grant's character, William, like obviously Anna Scott is this really amazing celebrity character and she's got so much charisma and then you look at William and you think what does he have but it's like you know what he he has these these real family moments and he has these great friends and that's kind of it's a very endearing quality that obviously Anna would find very attractive very appealing yeah, yeah. exactly well and i think I think it's hard to do those types of deep connections within a friend group within a movie mm. because you don't have a lot of time to even really go deep into the main characters. Whereas like, you know, uh, friend groups like Friends or other shows like Happy Endings, mm. um, those shows were about friend groups and their lives, but they were TV shows. So you had a longer amount of time well, to really these episodes to dive, dive into, into it. it. Yeah. yeah. I will say, though, I, I find British movies do a better job at rounding out a cast. You know, I think of, of Love, Wedding, Repeat, which is a movie we've done. Yep. You know, we knew more about the sideline characters than we did about the two main characters. You're so right. And, yep. and Death at a Funeral. The, there are so many British comedies where, you know, the, the, the fifth and sixth characters, they're not just like... Like there for two minutes in a movie like let, let's give them some lines let's make them funny and let's make them a part of it i find british comedy does a great job at that yeah i completely agree i think they do they really do a great job diving into each of the characters and not just keeping it superficial i do have an honorable mention you mentioned it before is the running jokes this movie was really really cool and funny in that like they would have a joke, they would set it up, it would be really funny, you'd have a good chuckle, that's great. They'd leave it for like 50 minutes and then they'd circle back to it. <laughs> yes. Like the guy who has no concept of what a travel book store is and he keeps on asking for the newest Tom Clancy thing, yes, you know, yep. they bring that up, you know, uh, the first quarter of the movie and then in the last 10 minutes, <laughs> the horse and hound magazine comes up multiple times. The 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 scuba suits. Yes. Yeah, they tee that up with Spike wearing the scuba suit and uh, William mentions that they're prescription glasses. And then later on he can't find his real glasses so he has to go to the movie theater with these scuba go goggles i find this movie was very carefully crafted mm -hmm. in that they would set up a lot of jokes in yeah. very subtle ways sometimes like the scuba goggles it took me a minute to be like oh they're prescription yeah. oh that's funny that's really funny you know yeah they added the subtlety of of the jokes throughout it and really the writing was genius yeah. for it. They they were able to tell so many stories and make it real. I think, I know I keep going back to that, but um, it really did tell a story of of not just the two characters, but a whole life, like a whole a whole world. Yes. The whole world. And I find, you know, there are certain sitcoms that w when they really get humming, when, when they're in their peak, they're doing this well. I think of How I Met Your Mother and how they had the slap bet that carried out over two or three seasons yes. where they had that one season where everybody was having an intervention. And it's kind of these running jokes that they'll go like two or three episodes and then they'll bring the joke back. 
I found that it happened the same way in movie form. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, a 50 minute break, but they they did the same thing in this movie really, really well. Yeah, I agree. Um, my other honorable mention is Emma Chambers, who played Honey, so Will's sister. Oh, yes. Um, so <laughs> she um, she unfortunately passed away in 2018 oh. um, at the age of 53 from a heart attack. But I just think she was a genius comedian. Um yeah, she, her delivery was awesome. It was, and she was, like you said, so quirky. Um, she was a really fun character. I liked uh, that last dinner when she announces to the table. <laughs> she's like, I'm ready to be engaged, everybody. And everybody's like, oh, good job. And then she leans over to Spike, and she's like, to you. And I realized, I'm like, wait, did you guys not talk about this I before? <laughs> and it was, And Spike was like, okay, yeah, I like that very much. And it's like... This is the weirdest engagement. <laughs> but it's very them. It like we is. we learned a lot about Spike. We learned a lot about her. And it's like, okay, this makes sense. It's very strange. Yeah. And it works. Yeah, it works for them. What should have been? Let's call a spade a spade. William should have ended up with No, not Anna Scott. There was a moment in time where he had another opportunity to end up with somebody different. He should have ended up with Ross Geller's fiance, Emily. Oh my god. Who is not actually in this movie, oh. but I went down a really fun rabbit hole. So oh, there's I a woman she was. <laughs> there's a woman listed in this in this movie called Perfect Woman. That's yes. literally yeah. how she's accredited. Yeah. She comes into the scene after William and Anna have this big blow up. So he's trying to move on, understandably so. His friend group is trying to, you know, feed him all these potential girlfriends. We meet this woman who looks so much like Emily from friends the one that ross got engaged to yes i thought it was her and then he dips out at the right i thought it was her as well that actress's name is helen baxendale she's not in this movie but the actress (laughs) who plays this perfect girl her real name is emily (laughs) (laughs) and she's arguably had a stronger movie career than helen baxendale she was in mary poppins returns she was in shutter island she's a voice actor in cars among many many other things cool you know we we both watched this for the first time i thought there was a moment where he continues on with somebody else like if i was in his shoes yeah i'd be moving on and and other emily it's kind of perfect uh thirst factor what do you got for hugh grant eight Really? Six. Okay. What's the British accent algorithm? Is Hugh Grant really a seven, but you're giving him the 8.6 because he's British? No. Oh, there's some doubts. Maybe a little bit, Yeah, but not too much. Yeah. Julia Roberts, close to a 10 as you're going to get, I think. Yes, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. What are you for Hugh? Oh, yeah. No, I I don't think he's good looking at all, but I think he's (laughs) British and he's got charisma and he's very charming. (laughs) So... Yeah, like I'll I'll give him an eight, but like okay. two of that eight is just being British. <laughs> one is charisma, one is comical. I think he's probably a five out of ten, but he's just got all the extra parts that you can't not love the guy. Oh is that bad to say? <laughs> yeah, it's bad to say. Yeah. You give me the look that that's bad to say. Yeah. Rewatchability. Ten. Oh my It's my first ten. It's your first ten. Yeah. No, didn't you give How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days ten? Oh, my second ten. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, I'm going to give this a 9.8. It's so close to being perfect. It is. Oh, man. Well, it is, but yeah. Yeah, like really, oh, man, what a good movie. What a warm, heartfelt movie. So we have uh, Game Night 
is on the way next week. We also have the proposal in the works. Valentine's Day is coming up. Also, we have a schedule, but um, Netflix's To All the Boys I've Loved Before, their third uh, movie in the trilogy. It's going to be a trilogy, so this is the final movie in the story. That's coming out February 12th, I think. So I, we may try to jiggle a few things around. I don't know why I said jiggle. That's weird. <laughs> Ooh, that's weird imagery. <laughs> We're going to try and juggle. <laughs> oh, God. We're going to try to juggle a few movies around to get that in there. So, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe. Uh, on Spotify, please throw us a follow. We have lots of conversations about jiggling movies on uh, our Instagram, at Rewinds. Thanks for listening. 